Thank you for listening to the Words and Nerds podcast. I'm your host, Danny B. From all of us in the writing community, we just think you're amazing because you put your heart and soul into everything you talk about on this amazing show. The podcast has over 50,000 listeners every month. I love coming on your show and I love talking about it. Oh my God, I finally get to speak about it. Talk about all the things that I've been with by myself for so long. I mean, you provide that opportunity to so many of us and, you know, always are an amazing host. We chat about books, the writing process, and how literature has the power to change the world. But most of all, we have real conversations and we have a laugh. I'm feeling sick. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for being here and sharing the journey. Welcome to another episode of Words and Nerds, where we bring literary goodness straight to your ears. Today, I welcome one of my favourite authors. Wait, wrong script. No, I'm just joking. You are yeah, one no, of my yeah, favourite yeah, 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 you're one of your favourite people. <laughs> <laughs> it was the wrong script. <laughs> this is Paul Cleave. Paul is an award-winning author who divides his time between Christchurch, New Zealand, where his novels are set, and Europe, where none of his novels are set yet. His books have been translated into over 20 languages. He's won the Nio Marsh Award three times, the St. Mar Book Festival's Crime Novel of the Year Award, and shortlisted for the Edgar and the Barry and the Ned Kelly, and he's thrown a Frisbee in over 40 countries, a random fact which we'll talk about later. Today we're going to talk about many things, probably twisties and cats and weird stories that Paul has just spent uh, talking about we probably can't put on air, and also your new novel, The Pain Tourist. Welcome back, Paul Cleave. Thanks, Teddy. It's always a pleasure to be here with my favourite podcaster. Because <laughs> there's I'm so reading... many podcasters. No, I'm just reading the notes you gave me. <laughs> well, I would have said person or human. <laughs> no, that's true. Or yeah. Wouldn't yeah. Have I had to breathe a small niche. I just had to cut it down from three paragraphs to one line. So. Yeah, you did well. You did well. Look, this is, a, this is kind of a Christmas drinks episode. We actually threw around a few names of this episode, which, again, probably can't put on air. But we're having a few Christmas drinks. We do drink responsibly. What are you drinking, Paul? It's a cup as I'm, big as your head. I'm drinking responsibly. <laughs> uh, I'm having a, a, a gin and tonic. I had a, a friend send me this massive glass from the Turkey. Bucket. The bucket. It's a yeah. bucket. It's a bucket um, mm. a couple of years ago, and I uh, break it out every now and then. So it's actually, it takes a couple of gin and tonics in it. So so, so you're having a triple? <clears throat> well, I'm having um, two doubles, oh, far which, right. is, which is, I believe, the math is a triple plus one. <laughs> so, um, but we are drinking responsibly, as always. Um, Paul told me to get a drink just before we started, and I never do what I'm told, but I did today. I'm drinking a vodka and soda. I ran out of lemon, so I stuck an orange in it. Wouldn't say I'd do it again, but it's all right. Yeah, I would. Uh, it looks pretty orangey. good, though. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, that's probably from the orange. <laughs> I'd say so. I'd yeah. say so. Yeah, look, I wouldn't do it again, but <clears throat> hey, here we are. I know we're going to get distracted quite a lot, Paul. So first up, I just want to ask you about the pain tourist because we might actually forget to talk about it for the rest of the episode. <laughs> No, we could talk about how we're both about to turn 50. Um, we're not. Well, I'm not. <laughs> Thanks a lot. We know you are. You just celebrated a birthday. Yeah. It wasn't 50. We'll keep <clears throat> listeners in the dark. In suspense. <laughs> in suspense. Because <laughs> you're much older than 50, right? <laughs> yeah, I feel it <laughs> right now. <laughs> so <laughs> the pain tourist in the, is that what um you named your birthday the pain tourist 
Yeah, yeah, I should have. <laughs> I'm saving it for a couple of that's, years. That's when you were at Europe. We'll talk about your Europe trip as well. Is that where you were, the pain tourist? Uh, like a hostel kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. All right, give us your elevator pitch. <clears throat> oh, oh, God, I'm always, um, I'm always really difficult uh, at giving an elevator pitches. Um, Pretend we're going up a, you know how my <clears throat> hatred of elevators so, okay, all right. So we've got the, we've got the bag of twisties ready. We're in, we're in an elevator. We have snacks, mm-hmm. so many snacks. Twisties, mm-hmm. Milo bars, Kit Kats. Mm-hmm, that kind mm-hmm. of jam. Now that I know what they are. Yes, you pour. I just had a 15-minute uh, brief as to what a Milo Kit Kat bar is. I had never heard of before. I'm going to send you one. Hope It might melt, but just deal with it. Yeah, well, it'll be lick, half of one. Lick it up, pack it, you'll be fine. And that, that bite mark was already there. <laughs> I didn't say I was going to sell you. You're hungry on the way to the post office. (laughs) Paul, this could happen. This could actually happen. Again. Yeah. So, so oh, my God. I I should have rehearsed this. I do have have a very, very, very good (laughs) So, it's a book. (laughs) There he goes. You want more? Yeah. So, it's... um, it's basically um, a, a boy who's involved in a, a home invasion um, as a, a victim, not as a on the other side of it. And he's 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 incredibly he's his parents are killed and he um, is shot and he ends up in a coma for nine years. And you know that thing in life, um, you know, where you talk to people in comas because they they kind of they yeah. listen and you listen. Um, you hope so. Well, it depends on the person, I guess. But um, <laughs> you know, um, essentially, he, he's been a sponge for for nine years, and well, he wakes up nine years later, I should say, and uh, and in that time, he's been a, a sponge. He's absorbed conversations around him, including overhearing uh, somebody confessing to a crime. Uh, so when he comes out of his coma, he doesn't know he's been in one. You, you know, he's. Um, you know, for him, no real, well, what happens is he lives this life, which he ends up calling coma world. So he actually lives in existence. So he goes from the age of 11 to the age of 20. Um, and when he, when he wakes up from this coma, he, he believes that those nine years that just happened uh, were real. You know, his parents were alive. He was doing well. He was going to university, et cetera. <clears throat> so he suddenly has to learn, you know, in a, a very difficult way that, no, no, your parents are, are dead. You've been in a coma for nine years. Nothing that you experienced is real. Um, so it's pretty pretty tough for the guy, readapting to to an, a, a new life, essentially. Um, <clears throat> and it's all the world's moved on. People have grieved and moved on, and, and now for him it's all very very new and very raw. <clears throat> so there's that plus a couple of serial killers <laughs> in the mix, which are unrelated, but that becomes all related. You know, it all kind of ties them together. Mm-hmm. That was that was the elevator speeding up, and I had to quickly um, yeah. get that in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we're on level 100, but that's okay. We have, yeah, plenty, we have yeah. plenty of snacks, so as long as I've got snacks, I'm happy. It's good. Yeah, yeah. And a pain, I can tell you what a pain tourist is, should I? Or? Yes. Do you want to? Uh, do I want to? I don't know. Yes. So I don't want to read your mind after those stories you told me before. Oh, yeah, I know, I know. Um, saving lives and running people over. In a nutshell. Uh, in a nutshell, yeah. So um, <clears throat> both true stories. Um, 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 so it's a, it's a phrase that a, <clears throat> excuse me, that a character in the book coins. Basically, you know this addiction we all have to um, to 
podcasts, crime podcasts, absolutely, and, uh, <clears throat> yeah, book blogger podcasts, podcasts. I mean, couldn't live without them. But no, like <laughs> true true crime podcasts and true crime shows on Netflix. You know, like Netflix, every second show now is yeah. like, yep. it's like, oh, Sally disappeared and was found in a shadow grave. Let's let's make a TV show out of it and turn it. Like they tell the stories in an entertaining way. It's it's a really kind of weird uh, weird thing, and mm. and something I've debated on stage before. Some people will base crime novels on real crimes that have happened and sort of tell a story around that. I, I don't like that, um, but that works for people, and that's fine. It's not what I would do, but I've always thought that you know, like if, if you're getting murdered. For as an example, your last thought is not going to be, oh, I hope someone can make money from this. Mm. I hope someone can tell this in an entertaining way. And so the character in this book, um, you know, his wife was murdered um, in, a, in a much older book, basically my first book, you know, The Cleaner. You know, it's, a, it's the husband of one of Joe's um, victims. And he's saying, you know, in, in that time, he's noticed how much people are addicted to these podcasts, these TV shows, these books, etc., and he calls them pain tourists because they, you know, they live inside other people's pains, and and then it becomes this this point where reading about it, listening to them, watching these shows is, is no longer enough. And then what's the next step from that? And and that's really what he's talking about is how people will, you know, you go to a, to go to a crime scene, maybe steal something, collect a souvenir, and then when that's not enough, what happens from from uh, from that point on, and, and that's what it's uh, that's what it that means. It's the desensitivity, I think, to all that stuff. You wonder, you do. I do wonder. I don't like real crime stuff. I like fiction crime, but yeah. I do wonder what the effect is of always watching that kind of stuff. I mean, that's what you know, Hostel explored. I guess you know the what yeah. next sort of thing. <clears throat> I think you're right when you just said desensitized uh, to it because you, you kind of do. You, you know, like I'm getting there in some you know, with some things that you hear. Um, <clears throat> By reading your of... crime novels, Paul, I think you're already there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, I mean, and just things in real life when you when you hear the same kind of crime over and over, you know, um, <clears throat> not to – oh, maybe I shouldn't say. Oh, you definitely yeah. should. Just have another <clears throat> drink and definitely yeah. say that. Well, you know, sometimes when you hear, like, no, actually, no, I won't. I won't. Um, this is the worst. Just... <laughs> this, is sto- this is the one story you didn't tell me. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you afterwards. But that would look like a complete brick. <laughs> but um, but you do you do become desensitized to things, especially when there's a solution. Like say, if there was a a certain crime that you saw repeated every so often, and you knew that there were controls that a government could take to put mm. into action to fix those kind of things, and they didn't. Yeah. And then the next day, there's been another one. And the next day, there's been another one. And it's thoughts and prayers. And it's like, you could try to fix this and you don't. You become desensitized to that because it's just another daily yeah, occurrence. It's, it's just, you know, things like like that. It's it's almost like, um, I can't remember who said it, but there's that saying where it's it's like, like one death is um, – like horrific and, and but but a, a thousand is a statistic you know mm-hmm. I, i'm paraphrasing because i really can't remember what it was but it becomes that I get that, that kind of yeah, yeah. that kind of thing yeah mm-hmm. yeah so but you know what it even happens with reading um obviously i'm an avid reader love reading mm-hmm. but i was i've been reading about 80 books a year and now i find it harder and harder for a book to surprise me no pressure because i like mm-hmm. reading your books and mm-hmm. they still do surprise me 
the cleaner. Oh my god, that beginning is still stuck in my head forever. It just yeah, it surprise. It terrorizes mm. terrorizes me honestly. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, yeah. So I think, do you find that reading writing? Do you find that you find it really hard to be surprised now? Very. I'm the worst person to watch any kind of movie or <laughs> crime TV show with because you know. Generally, about a third of the way into it, I'm like, "Oh, that's the that's yeah. the person." But let me ask you something. <clears throat> now that you are, um, now that I know how old you really are, don't tell anyone that I'm. No, I wouldn't. No, oh God, no, I wouldn't. <laughs> but definitely, definitely under fifty. I mean, we established that. <laughs> it's like, it's like you, Thanks. and really, really, Thanks. because we're on a video call, people can't can't tell that. But I can tell people who are listening, you definitely, definitely look under 50 today. Thank you so, so much. Yeah. Anyway. Um, you, don't, you don't look like a jerk either. What was my point? You're going to ask me a question. It sounded controversial and I'm scared. Oh, oh, no. I mean, so 2021 for me was the year where I – had to start making text bigger on my Kindle to read it. Oh, <laughs> you know, there we and, go. Confession yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. And so just talking about how much reading we do, um, like I can no longer read um, like cooking instructions on the back of a, you know, a back of a packet um, or expiry dates, you know. And, uh, <laughs> Both are bad. <laughs> Both of those things are bad. Cooking instructions are bad, or well, no, like not being able to read them, and then the oh. expiration dates—that's bad. I, I mean, don't get me wrong; I still know how to read. It's just the actual <laughs> size of the. <laughs> do you need to carry a magnifying glass, or do you need to just lean in and get glasses, Paul? No, I, I had a friend tell me uh, there's a, a trick you can do on your iPhone where you can oh. uh, triple triple. You set it up as a set it up as a um, what is it guided access or something, and I, oh, so right. I can triple triple click my home button. Huh. And it will go straight into Zoom mode, and I can hold that over top of. Um, wow. How do you go uh, driving, this? Paul? Should we talk about this? I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> Is this the running somebody over thing that <laughs> happened the other night? Yeah, I um, no, no, everything's okay. It's just um, it's just text that's getting you know. So okay. it's even even a paperback now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it has to be well, almost cool. arm's length a little bit. Obviously, we've established I'm very young um, compared to you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even though when I look at the old classics that I've got and I used to read, the writing is like font six. And I'm like, I'm not reading that now. Yeah. Why, yeah. why would anyone print something in font six? I don't understand. I know. And it's really – it feels very dense. And not just very that, dense. but when it takes you like an hour to read a page, you don't really feel like you're um, – Not smashing through it. No, not smashing through it. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's right. It's like on the Kindle when you go that you're sixty six percent through the book. It's it's good, but it's not the same mm-hmm. as holding a book, right? Mm, I use I like my Kindle actually. I use it for um for travel. Mm, yeah, um, it is good for travel, but I just I like smelling books as well, Paul. So there's that's, that. <laughs> yeah, just your books, other people's. All books. It's like, Paul, all like of she's them. like yes, yes, she's she's broken into the neighbor's house again. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. I do. I like the smell of books, particularly secondhand books. Okay. Don't know, don't know where they've been. <clears throat> yeah, I do. Um, but no, I do. <laughs> no, I like. I mean, sure, I prefer a book as well. It's just the Kindle thing is. Um, <clears throat> it's great for reading, no, uh, for, um, for for traveling, and also if you're very lazy, 
you know, it's like, hey, I don't have to actually physically turn a page. <laughs> I can just tap yeah. it with my thumb. And also, have you ever had like a book land on you when you're getting tired and you, you're, hold, you're lying down, you're holding it above your head? I've had the iPad land on my head and that hurt a lot. Do tell. It just, <laughs> it just landed right like on the top of my nose and I had this like iPad bruise on my nose. It was a hideous. Was that from, uh, had you fallen asleep? No, I just dropped it on my face. <laughs> you weren't even reusing it. You're just getting it down from somewhere. I was yeah. using it. And I dropped it on my face. I was like, I don't like this anymore. I think a book is less painful. Okay. And what happened to the iPad? Did you like? I threw it out the window because I was angry with it. No, I don't Yeah, know. and it had someone it else fine. in the face. <laughs> Hopefully. So, it's still traveling. It's now a Frisbee. <laughs> yeah, oh, Let's talk cool. about Frisbees. Mm-hmm. I know we'll get back to your book. 40 countries, that's old. That's the last time we spoke, but it's still on your website. I think you might need to update your website. Well, well hey, last time we spoke, um, I, I mean, I hadn't traveled in, so, in, in ages. That's true. But you have traveled recently. You went to Europe. Yeah. Me, I just me. Um, I went to Europe. What did you do and where did you throw your Frisbee? Um, so, I mean, I hadn't been in – 2019 was my, my last trip. And I was, I was supposed to go in 2020 to China, actually, was one of my – on my um, – my list of to-do places with 15 or 16 other places. Um, so, no, I went to uh, Montenegro, mm. which was quite nice, and I went to Serbia, mm. which was uh, quite nice, and where I felt very short. No, honestly, because, you know, like you see um, Dokovic, you know, he's from Serbia, yeah, and, yeah. And, and, and they certainly remind you when you're in Serbia because he's on so many buildings. Mm. And um, Okay. I, like, I, let me tell you, like, I mean, as you know, I've been to, like, 45 or 50 countries and I've never seen as many tall people wow. in, a, in one place before. It was, um, yeah, yeah. And so I felt very, um, very short there. Wow. Uh, but I had a good time. And then I went to, um, I went to Barcelona, which I've never mm. been there before. And that's beautiful. Like, mm. cause Europe is Europe. And it's like everywhere you go, it's kind of the same. Um, <clears throat> But Barcelona is not. It was awesome. more um, open and beautiful, and it was just probably my favorite place in, in Europe, I guess. Uh, where I think yeah, I went to um, went to a film festival in Brussels that I've, I've gone to a few times, and then just went to Germany and caught up with some some friends as per usual, and uh, came home. So I was only gone like three weeks, so it was uh, it was good, and I will go back in a couple of months. Sounds amazing. You've got full of stories too. Oh, I didn't notice your glass actually says gin and tonic on it. If I remember what's in there. Mm. You might need yeah. to after three <clears throat> plus one servings of it. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I want to talk about <clears throat> beginnings because mm-hmm. I feel like this book, The Pain Tourist, and the book that scarred me and Jack Heath for life, The Cleanup. Mm-hmm. has these really powerful beginnings and you seem to be able to, and I'm hard to surprise, Paul, because I've read lots mm-hmm. of books, but I feel like you take us down this path and although I should know where you're taking me, you still surprise me. I'm like, oh, my God, punch in the face. So are these things you labour over or I know you've yeah, got a pretty wicked I, sense of humour. Does it just come I, um I like lying to the reader. <laughs> you know, and, and the pain tourist completely does it. The last book you, you read, the um, quiet people completely does mm. it, where you know you're telling somebody exactly what's happening, but you're completely lying to them because you just very you say it in a way that that you go, oh, this is what he means because that's what's what he says. But if you were to go back and read that once you know the results, you go, oh, actually no, he didn't say that at all. 
mm. you know. Um, so you so always about us making our own assumptions. Is that what? Yeah, and this especially does it. Like when you meet the bad guy in this book, you're like, you're like, oh, okay, he's this and this and this and this because that's what that's what I'm telling you. But it's completely not, you know. Um, and then you're an unreliable narrator, right? It's not lying um, as such. Well, he's not the narrator. You know, yeah, that's yeah, the thing. Because yeah. unreliable, okay. yeah, would be yet. the first person. Yeah. Um, like it's hard to like. I can't. I can't really say. But but you know what I mean. The assumption mm-hmm. you make about about this guy, um, and then you realize later on that I never actually said that. You know, like I said. Very, very similar things to make you think that, but yeah, the actual facts are not are not there. And then when yeah. you realize who he is, you go, yeah, okay, everything you said had been, you know, you weren't lying to me, but you also yeah. were, were kind of holding off on on that a little bit. Yeah, but I, uh, no, yeah, I think you are. I think I think you are just relying on the reader to use their own context and their own knowledge to create something. Like I'm thinking of the cleaner right now, and yeah. That first chapter of yeah. the man coming into the house. Eats a pizza, yeah. that kind of jam. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's very, I don't know why I feel like it should be comfortable. It's a Paul Cleave book. But, yeah, it's, um, that really freaked me out, by the way. So, yeah, it's a great, it's, well it's done. like, I mean, it's such an old book now. And, um, still, it's like, torturing us. <clears throat> but it's great. Like, I mean, yeah, it's like, cause it's first person. It's like, oh, yeah, I pull into the driveway, I get out, I go hmm. inside, I grab a fridge. I can hear Angela in the shower upstairs. Sorry, I don't grab a fridge. I go to the fridge. I can hear Angela having a shower. I grab eat a, a pizza. beer. Yeah, eat a pizza. I go upstairs. Read the newspaper. Oh. She comes out of the bathroom and she's like, who, who the fuck are you? You know, and you realize it's just such a great twist. Oh, my God. It you know? still creeps me out, seriously. And it's, um, it's, it's kind of what's led to – I mean, that opening scene, in a way, everything – has followed from that scene for as far as my yeah. career goes. Cause it was like mm-hmm. such a cool scene and people are like, Oh, you know, I think they like that. You know, it brought, it pulled them into the book. And then of course they like the book and it led to everything else. So, um, so I mean, so that pressure on you now to have a killer beginning. Um, no, I think beginnings, I find it very easy to, okay. to, um, cause you don't have to explain anything. And, and sorry, you don't have to answer anything. You can just say whatever you want. You can throw stuff at the wall and see what stacks. And, um, you know, and then it gets tricky when you've got to, um, when you have to justify it or explain yeah, yeah. it, mm-hmm. you know, like the, like the last book, you know, it it's tells you, people. yeah, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, it's hard. I don't really want to spoil it, but no. you know, like again, it's, it's saying, it's telling you something that's not true, and, mm-hmm. but you're thinking it is even the one before that, like whatever it takes was a good example of the whole book, I'm mm-hmm. telling you exactly what's happened, but in a way where you've ignored it, you've gone, okay, you don't, it's so subtle. And I've told you like six times that this is, <laughs> that this is what's happened to these people, you know? And then when you get the reveal, you go, Oh fuck, I didn't see that coming. Oh wait, hang on. He told me six times, you know? So you're always looking for a way to, um, I mean, you don't want to fool the reader in a sense of making them feel like an idiot. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't suddenly go, you know, and all along it was aliens or whatever. You, you know, you've you've got to um, you've got to put it there. Like you know, you always want a reader to get there just a little bit ahead of when you're about to reveal yeah. it. I mean, that's I always about the best time. Eighty percent of the book, I reckon. If I've if I've guessed it eighty percent, in I'm happy. I'm like, yes. Yeah, I'm yeah. Um, or or also, 
like a page ahead. You can just see it coming as the character's making those you're thoughts. Like, oh. You're 30 seconds ahead of them and you're like, oh, yeah. oh, 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 you know, and yeah. stuff like that. So I, you know, and, and to do that, you've got to have given the reader information and, and that's, um, so they can, they can pick it. And that's why those things that are so subtle in the beginning, you know, and you don't, you don't kind of click with them. But if you remember them, suddenly you, you'll be like, oh, Oh, you know, and crime readers know what to look for as well. Yeah. And that's what also makes it very tricky. It's like, you know, when you, when you get a movie and someone will go, they'll walk along and go, oh, let me just put this knife down over here and we won't mention it again. And you know, in an hour's time, that's coming back. Oh, it is. It's like, hey, I, I bought you a flashlight for Christmas. Keep it on you. Oh, you know, like you always know what's, 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 uh, what's coming up. And so it gets harder and harder to hide those kind of moments because as soon as you – mention an object or an item or something specific you know the reader's going to go okay we're coming back mm. to that point so um so you've got to do it you know, I'm, I'm trying to you know make more of an effort to hide those mm. um or hide those instances yeah mm, i like it i just um i saw a movie the menu the other day and that surprised me if you haven't seen it i think I you haven't. should and then i think we okay. should talk about it i have so many questions after i finished watching it. i was like what? what is it? What is it? Yeah. I mean, I'll look it up, but is it? Um... It's just new. It's the menu. It's kind of like a horror something. Mm. A horror something. Horror movie? Know. Is that what you're looking for? <laughs> I think it's like a cross hybrid. Dark humor. Yes. Like a dark okay. humor. Oh, that sounds like I mean, I love horror. You just don't know where it's going and you're like, what the actual. So, highly recommend. I think your, uh, your dark sense of humor would fit right in there. You are with oh, the I'll chef, look- actually. Is it on um, like Netflix or something? It's in the movies. Just came out. Oh, okay. Okay. It's got that beautiful girl from. um, Oh my god, I've forgotten the name of the movie, The Gambit. Oh, The Queen's Gambit. The Queen's Gambit. Yeah. Oh my god, she's stunning. I do. I do do know who you mean. No idea what her name is, but she's because she was in. um, I saw like one one night in Soho or something. This horror movie that I saw recently. The other day. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, highly recommend. It'd be good if you'd seen it and we had to talk about it, but now we can't. So just go see it. Well, I can, I can, I can say I've seen it. (laughs) What did you think about it? I didn't, I didn't like it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Milo bar put you to sleep. It was too good. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't about a menu at all. Do you always know your ending? So do you always go into no, the never. beginning? Never. Oh, I never. love this. No, never, never know. So you don't know um, who – well, sometimes you do know who done it from the start, but you don't know not how really. it's going to wrap oh, up. If it's, I mean, if it's first-person serial killer, yeah, yeah. then yeah, yes, yeah, and that, that's, probably, that's probably the only two times I've known. Yeah. Um, wow. Not seriously. Like, um, that's cool. Um, well, no, not every time. I mean, sometimes – like, okay, the pain tourist, for example. Okay. Um I didn't really know who our bad guy was going to be. And when I started to figure it out, which was when I was getting well into the book, and I realized we need to go back and put um, his chapters in there, you Uh you know. Um, And and so, you know, so things like that. I had another book once where I was probably at 90% and thought, I still don't know who the bad guy is. So let's let's, let's pick one. (laughs) Let's pick a character we, we already have. And um, and then go back and and put those those clues in. Mm-hmm. Um, so no, I don't um, I don't plot. I just I just go for it. Oh my god, I love that. Does mm. that mean there's heaps of editing to do? Um, or do you just yeah, write every word perfectly, Paul? Uh, 
Yeah, yeah. That way I can take <laughs> take the other other eleven months off. Um, no, it's just um, you, you do. I mean, editing is always my favorite part. Mm. And uh, if you have a good editor, which I've been very lucky um, to have uh, with various books, then it becomes a very fun kind of thing because you've already got the book, you know, and now yeah. you've got somebody who's going to help you make it better. And what you know, what can beat that? It's fantastic. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, um, no, I don't plot and it does mean you are right. You've got to go back and, and rewrite stuff to, to allow, um, allow for it. Um, but that's fun. But it also means that like you, I never get to write from A to B, uh, mm. or I guess from A to Z, like you always, you know, you'll get like 20,000 words in or 50,000 words and you got to go back and rewrite and catch up and rewrite and catch up and figure, you know, stuff like that. It's, it's a process, but mm. it's just... You know, what I know other authors who will spend months plotting everything Planning. out. Yeah, yeah for six months. So. Mm. Yeah. Did you reckon because you're surprised sometimes by who done it, and I'm sure you're surprised about you know some of the things that happen. Do you reckon that's why mm. you can surprise your reader so well because you're surprised <laughs> as you're writing? Well, it's well, I mean, it's what Stephen King says, right? I think he has this line about you know if I don't know what's happening, then nor will the reader. Yeah. Um, and it also it does make it more enjoyable for me. I you mm. know. It's always interesting because because uh, I don't plot. I always think that some of the bigger decisions that I've made in in the books. And you look at the cleaner, for example, the big scene in the middle of the book. You know, um, was because I sat down to write that day. If I hadn't, oh wow, you know, if I if I you know taking that day off and written the next day, would I have thought of that? I don't know because I only thought of that scene when I was up to it. I, I didn't mm. know what you know. I actually had a different idea in mind, and then it just suddenly became something else. So, well, you do have quite an interesting uh, life, Paul. I mean, you just told me off air about the week you've just had, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, I was going to ask you where you got your ideas from, but you just leave the house, and uh, they <laughs> just just, yeah. just fall into your lap almost literally. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Uh, you're referring to the we uh, to us running somebody over. <laughs> We laugh, but uh, yeah, he's okay. Um, I guess, that person's okay. For those, for anybody, anybody's curious um, about Everyone this, curious. Well, are they? Yeah, we were driving home from my book launch. Um, so it was your pain- fault. So it was your fault. Well, it was. <laughs> <laughs> it was my publisher's fault for choosing that day, you know. And uh, no, we were driving home, and um, a guy. Uh, jumped out the back of an ambulance and straight in front of our car. Well, not our car. It wasn't my car, you know, <laughs> <laughs> legally. <laughs> no, it was actually really, really horrific because we thought we'd killed the guy. You know, he just um, – basically, we, we, we ran someone over and um, we jumped out of the car and uh, there's this guy, a twisted heap, lying in a oh, pool of blood oh. with a – you know, with an ambulance um, yes. already there. And, and the ambulance – first thing the ambulance driver said was, look, it wasn't your fault. Um, and, and we all stood back and watched as they were, you know, trying to save this guy, and um, which we we think they did, and uh, yeah, and then the, the police showed and everything showed up, and they were like, "Here's what happened: the guy was was drunk, he was aggressive, he'd been in the back of an ambulance, and he um, he unclipped his um, they couldn't control him, he unclipped his thing oh. and just jumped out the back and ran straight into traffic, which ran into. And isn't that the thing, you know? You have crime novels and things, but real life is sometimes even more freaky. Yeah, it's kind of a it's kind of a weird thing. I guess if you were to put in the book, you know, yeah, like oh no, he unclipped the seatbelt and jumped out and, and got hit by a car. It's like, well, 
why would he who would let him unclip his seatbelt? Well, you know, there'll be all these questions that mm-hmm. you'd go, oh, that just couldn't possibly happen. So and, far-fetched, uh, and yet here we are. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I know we, we I mean, we were kind of joking a bit, a bit about it before, but it was actually, it was really horrific for my friend because yeah. he's, and you could see it like on the night, like he was an ab- like mm-hmm. absolute shock thinking I've just, I've just killed someone, yeah. you know, and then, you know, dealing with the police and, um, you know, and I was, I think I was telling you before I was recording the conversation because I wanted to make sure we weren't going to have a, you know, a, a change of mind of what had happened and because the police were acknowledging what had happened. And um, we're like, will you keep us updated if the guy's okay? And they're like, oh, well, you know, we're finishing our shifts. We're like, well, can you let us know tomorrow? Oh, well, we're off for the weekend. Well, can you let us know that we, if, whether the, we've killed someone or not? That we never, we never found out. It was a month ago, and we assumed that the guy was okay. Otherwise, they would have would have let us know but um it was it was really like a really horrific mm. um really horrific uh thing and um and then i was telling you the following week we saved the guy from choking to death at a restaurant which was kind of um you know <laughs> balance no it one, out no one has weeks like this paul <laughs> i'm glad oh, yeah i'm glad that you don't ask people how they are because i would have had a really boring answer so actually you know what i actually normally do ask how people how people are. <laughs> i just hadn't got around to it we literally so, got onto zoom and you just told me about 45 stories <laughs> it's been a, it's been a busy it's been a a, a couple, couple of weeks of life and death yeah it's very very interesting horrific and interesting boss it's always entertaining talking to you yeah, yeah. No, we're like, we were saving this guy from choking to death when someone said, no, no, he's having a seizure, which made us realize we were just beating the shit out of an, out of an old man <laughs> and who turned out he had been choking after all. And it was kind of, you know. Um, so you wasn't did having save a, him. We did. We did save yeah. him, yeah. And the other thing is no one else had noticed it. where we were in the restaurant. He, he would have just, he would have just oh. died. And if we hadn't acted, you know, and we were acting and we were saving him when, when the bar staff came along and like, no, 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 he's having a seizure. Stop what you're doing. And we did stop, even though he'd been pointing at his throat, you mm. know, but the, the, she was so confident. No, no, he's having a seizure. We know him. He's a regular. Peter, Peter, are you okay? Peter, do you need medical attention? And after a minute, he finally goes, you know, he goes, oh, come, come. I just felt it move. And we're like, fuck, he had been choking. Oh and that, that, that stopped us. But I think we've done enough to kind of. Yeah, dislodge you know. it. Well done. Life just oh, thank saving you. people's lives wherever you go. And then, and then we thought, at the very least, this bar staff is going to come over and thank us mm, and go. Free drinks. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. We've got nothing. Nothing. You know, this is the last time think, I stopped. I wasn't joking. Do you think saving someone's life might be reward enough, Paul? No, I really don't. <laughs> Not at the prices they were charging for their gin and tonics. <laughs> No, I just thought that um, if I'd been in a situation, I would have acknowledged that. Because I think I think when the guy said, I just felt it move, mm. uh, by that he meant the blockage in his throat. Yeah. Um, uh, I think she just went, she, she would have just like gone, what have I, what have I done? I actually yeah, stopped yeah. these guys, you know. Here she was telling us off for not lying him on the ground when he was having a seizure. If we'd done that, he would have, he, he would have died, you know. Um, anyway, what a so week. Was, uh, what a week. And that, was that birthday week, Paul? 
No, it mm. was um, so the the running someone over was four weeks ago, wow. and the choking thing was three weeks ago. Right. Nothing happened two weeks ago. Right, um, and yeah, you, so you just celebrated your twenty ninth birthday a couple of days ago. Twenty eighth. <laughs> oh, sorry, I always overestimate. <laughs> yeah, so sorry. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, yeah, almost almost fifty. In a couple of weeks, I'll be able to say I'll be fifty next year. So. Well, that's exciting. <laughs> Notice yeah, you took that, a big, that was a bit of, bit, of, bit of a mood killer. Notice you took a big drink after that. I'm just saying that. I know. I know. I honestly don't know how it happened. I remember um, once I used to be like, like, oh, you're the young new author. Now I'm neither of those things. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, it's tough. It's tough. It is. It is yeah. kind of like blinking, right? And you go, oh, Wow. How did that happen? How did all these decades pass? I'm sure I did something useful. Well, it's so interesting because you, you look at like all your favourite authors who just relentlessly are putting out another book and, and some like, you know, a couple a year. You know, you look at someone like Dean Koontz who has, mm. I think, like 1,600 novels or something and it's just like it's endless and it's like you're not really that much older than me. But, um, you know, so I kind of see things like, okay, when I'm 50 or when I'm 60, will I also have – you know, like I'm going to be 60 in, in almost 10, just over 10 years. Wow, you this, know. Is, this is getting deep, Paul. Well, I have written another 10 books. I don't know. You know yes. Oh, I oh, think thank so. You. I oh, think there we so. go. I'll, um, I'll come over to New Zealand. We'll celebrate your 60th birthday. I'll make you a Milo bar cake. I was going to say bring the uh, – there's, there's them in cakes now as well. Well, why not? I like making a cake. I enjoy hey. it. Yeah. Okay. So I'll make I you could. a Milo bar cake. It'd be great. Okay. I don't know if I'm going to give you any. I might eat it all. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of my things. I like. To, I just like watching <laughs> watching people eat cake. <laughs> Excellent. Mm. Well then, lock it in. <laughs> so yeah, I've got some really important questions for you, Paul. Twisties or chocolate? Probably twisties. I'm not really a chocolate guy. Really? I, um, oh my god. Yeah, I, I find I find when I um if I eat stuff with with sugar, too much sugar, I I like I feel real sick, like a real bad stomach. So mm. um, like I love chocolate. So I shouldn't send I, you the Milo Bar Kit Kat combination. No, I'll eat. I'll eat that because, right. um, yeah. I mean, I do. I do love eating chocolate, but I, I just don't eat a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, and it goes straight to my hips. So um, what's the... <laughs> you wouldn't want that. <laughs> no, no. It's uh, it's harder to shake that weight as you um. As, as I you, what? Oh God, as I what, Paul? As, as I... I get older, as oh. I get older, that's what um, this whole conversation is getting about tonight, isn't it? Mortality, yeah, yeah. I think there's probably a reason we've been talking about that, but it's um, yeah, you're just it's like it gets harder and harder to stay in shape. How depressing. Just yeah. take another drink. There's only, <laughs> there's only ninety calories in a standard glass of uh, gin, so times that by four, you're all good. Did you look that up? Yeah, I did. Hmm. <laughs> is that in the tonic, I guess, or it must, it must be? The tonic? It must be. I don't know, but a vo- well, a vodka and soda is about ninety calories too for a glass. I was surprised. Yeah. I thought vodka was clean, and it was going to be like zero calories. No, lady. yeah, yeah. No, I think I think you'll Sorry. find it's the, it could be the the soda part it's of the it. The potatoes. Come on, vodka's made from potatoes. It's not the cacao bar. This. <laughs> That you were staring oh. it with? Oh, well, maybe. I did heat <laughs> yeah. a Milo and Kit Kat bar before we spoke. Yeah, it does sound pretty good, I must say. Mm, all right. You know, if you don't have them in New Zealand, I will hook you up, Paul, and I'll send you. They might be melted, but don't worry about it. <laughs> and half eaten. I don't I don't know whether we have them here or not. All, all right. right. 
Well, check it out. Then send me a postal address and I'll send you a couple. And I think if that's, um, if anybody, if, if you take one thing away <laughs> from listening to this podcast. Get a Kit Kat, mother And I don't sponsor my podcast, so in no way are Kit Kats sponsoring my podcast. But if they did and they gave me not money, but all the Kit Kats I could eat, I'd be into that. I think that would be wise to. I think it would be a very sensible business decision for such a fantastic brand <laughs> to do such a thing. <laughs> I don't have to ask you gin or vodka, do I? What about gin or wine or something? I can't drink wine. Okay, well, I don't drink wine um, unless it's in front of me. Um, and what I, when I say that, what I mean is that often it's it's what's being served at like a, a book launch mm-hmm. or yeah, mm-hmm. or, or um, festival events or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't drink red wine. Like the smell of it, I'm like, Ugh, I'm yeah. gagging straight away. Um, white wine, just to be sociable. Um, kind of interesting. It's, yeah, just fill it up with soda water, no one will know. Well... It's also also handy just to just to hold one in your hand. Mm, Otherwise, mm-hmm. people keep coming around. Right, doing another, you know, trying okay, to yeah, that's a good idea. Trying to top it up. Yeah, yeah. I'm allergic to wine, so if you gave me a glass of wine, I'd literally die. Yeah, I'm just going to write that down. <laughs> <laughs> I, is that true? I've never, I've never. It's known sulfites. That. I'm allergic to sulfites in wine and beer. Oh. Most and most fun things. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, so is it just just vodka for you? Yeah, mm-hmm. I can drink okay. gin. I just like vodka better. Okay. I know, blasphemous. I'm sorry. Okay, okay, and that's just like a twenty four seven kind of thing. Well, can... I don't not become allergic at ten o'clock at night. No, 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 I mean, no, I mean, <laughs> I mean drinking the vodka. <laughs> no, Paul, I drink very responsibly. Thank you. This is the first okay. vodka I've had in. Like three Days. weeks, three <laughs> yeah. minutes. Yeah, well, this, is, this is the first I've had in, uh, since the weekend. I actually don't. Uh, uh, do you know it's Tuesday, right? It's Tuesday. But I made the uh, made the effort. I figured that you'd be half cup by the time you. Were... <laughs> by the time we called, so I had to, had to have my three plus one to catch up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure, sure, yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, um... it was six thirty over there. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm sorry, you couldn't stay up later than eight thirty, Paul. Sorry about that. No, not at uh, not at my age. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't realize how old you were. I thought you were in your twenties still. So I didn't realize. I can. I can see how you'd make that mistake. <laughs> <laughs> Star Wars or Star Trek? Uh, you know the answer to that, don't you? Because <laughs> you can see a Star Trek poster behind my shoulder. Mm. That you'd realize mm. that's what that is. Yeah. He's yeah. in the same spot every time we talk. <laughs> Which is the second time. This is the second time we've spoken, that, I believe. No way. Second? Yeah. Is yeah. that it? Yeah. Huh. All right. It just feels like, um, <laughs> like yeah, like, yeah. Uh, and you? What are, are you like a science what? fiction person? Mm, nope. So, no. <laughs> well, that really, that shut that down. No, <laughs> not at all. My mum my and her husband, they love all that Star Trek, Star Wars stuff. God, you can barely say the word. <laughs> you looked. You actually looked physically ill when you were, when you were saying that. I did, I did watch the Star Wars trilogy back in the eighties. You know the old school one. I haven't heard of it. <laughs> what's what, what's it about? <laughs> like Chewbacca and like two robots and stuff. 
don't, yeah. don't know. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> I, I don't think it's going to take off, so don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> like I actually have, like I, even on my office desk here, I could show you, like, like this. This would this would amaze anybody else. But this is my fun. This is my Funko bobblehead thing. Huh. So that there is um, for your listeners. That's the uh, one of the final scenes from Star Trek Two: The Wrath of Khan, oh, when Spock wow. is dying. I can see one's in a little elevator thing. No, it's not an elevator <laughs> thing. It's perfect because he's he's just saved the uh, the ship from blowing up. He's like uh-huh. modified the warp core or something. Um, oh. so, you know, I mean, it's it's from 1982, so I hope I didn't just ruin it for you. But, um, <laughs> ruin the ending for me Paul. yeah, <laughs> How yeah, dare yeah. You? i was just gonna start to get around to watching that i was still do actually um <laughs> no it's like um there's all these sort of star trek posters through the house but i can't you know what i can't read science fiction oh you just watch it hmm. Why? yeah it's just world um, building yeah i don't know it's just one of those genres that i've tried and i just cannot get into it mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Um, can you hear my cat? No, can is that Luna? Or yeah, is that the other it, one. Uh, it's it's the uh, it's Luna. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, Paul Cat collects cats. Yeah, he does. <laughs> <laughs> Are you only up to two? Uh, yeah, well, I had three, but um, I, I had one put down because it didn't match the the new couch. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, so these ones, I don't know, these ones are sort of, um, I should have the same done for them. No, they are so annoying. But actually one of them, like this, this one is like. pictures of them on your Insta page. Yeah. Oh, I, I love my cats, I must admit. Um. You've been building any shelves lately? <laughs> um. It's part of my research. I did a scroll, right? And oh, you saw you me build the, you um, the, the stereo much, cabinet. But I saw you build, first of all, like, congratulations on having a stereo. Thank you. That's <laughs> it, uh, that's it behind me uh, there. Look oh, look at that. Straight out of 1985. The shelf I built? <laughs> oh, no, you mean me. <laughs> um, no, I built a um, TV cabinet. It's fantastic. A couple of years ago. That's not what was on Instagram, but the production um, was great. I was like, "Did you get this professionally filmed?" Yeah, on my iPhone. I just uh, ran it through. Um, uh, I was yeah. I, I didn't know how to use it at the point, but I'd learned how to use. Um, I don't know, it was like iMovie or something it's like very that. Very professional looking. Yeah, I was, was impressed quite, by the filmmaking yeah. as well as the cabinet making. Yeah, I, I love I love building stuff. Hmm. Um, Actually, I'm no good at it, but I well, love why don't, it. Why don't you build a shelf for the Milo Kit Kats that I'm about to send you? You could build a shelf for that. Uh, it sounds like you're going to send a ton of them. <laughs> <laughs> a lifetime supply since you don't eat chocolate that much. Oh, so just two. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So what do you, what do you, do you read horror at all? Yeah, I like horror. Hmm. Okay, so horror and crime are your mm. are your go to things. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and kid okay. lit, <laughs> and I just mix it up with a bit of kid lit. Sorry, oh, okay, yeah, okay, okay. Um, yeah, I'm I thinking don't... horror, crime, kid lit. Do you think we could do that? Well, I think anything with children in it becomes horror. Um, <laughs> I um, Chucky, good, good to. Oh yeah, yeah. Actually, have you watched the new show, Chucky? Mm-mm. Okay, but you do know what I'm talking about, or Chucky. Is this... Is this I, all news to you? I, I brought Chucky up. I loved Chucky. No, but you know there's a TV show. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I haven't gotten around to that yet. Nightmare on uh, Elm Street. You, you sound like you really do love it. 
I do. Did you just Second love my... those 80s horror films? Oh, yeah. My favourite. Oh, okay. What's your favourite? Oh, Nightmare on Elm Street, hands down. I watched your it over and over and over again. Yeah. Is it because you had a thing for Johnny Depp? No, Freddy Krueger. <laughs> <laughs> Was it the sweater? <laughs> it was the hat. <laughs> yeah, the hat. Uh, for me, it's the thing. Mm, mm-hmm. Oh, you started... changed your mind. No, no, I haven't. No, ne- I will never cheat on Freddy Krueger. Um, okay. But I started because you know how American horror, you watch heaps of it. Like um, The Ring freaked me out as well. But I started watching mm-hmm. Japanese horror films and they mm-hmm. are next level. Mm-hmm. Next level terrifying. So, so uh, well, actually, to be fair, I thought that the <clears throat> that the American remake of the Ring was really good. But I do, I do know what you're saying. Um, I was at a yeah, it freaked um, me out. The Ring, I've got to say. Yeah, especially that that scene at the end where the, the little boy is like, like uh, you know, the, the mum's like, "Oh, we found her. She's in the well," and he's like. You didn't. You didn't take her out, did you? Yeah, yeah. We took her out. You took her out, and then, then it just gets worse from oh. there. It was such a great. Um, you know the really moment. smart thing I did. I went and saw Wolf Creek with my stepbrother while I was living alone, mm-hmm. and I was like, "This is fine. I love horror films." And I watched it, and we're about to get into our separate cars, and I went, "I think you need to come home with me and check my house, otherwise I can't sleep." <laughs> Mm-hmm. You know the funny thing about that story is I've never seen Wolf Creek. Oh, I think I might be one of the only people who hasn't, but I just saw it last night. It was on Netflix, so I, I might, mm-hmm. I might, I might check it out. Mm, yeah, and I, I actually made my stepbrother drive half an hour out of his way to come in and check the cupboards in my house, mm-hmm. um, so I could sleep. And students. they were empty. They were. So you <laughs> see them after the supermarket. <laughs> I said, "Go buy me some Milo Kickout bars and come back." Yeah. And I still didn't sleep all night. I was terrified so anyway i still love horror films even though they you know what that actually what you just said is why i because when i first started wanting to be a writer and maybe we discussed this last time i I don't remember but um like i used to want to be a horror writer Mm. and it was when i started reading crime novels like real like true crime novels that I realize that's what horror is. And isn't it interesting that like, yeah. like, like a horror movie that's designed to like scare the crap out of you, like the exorcist or the thing or whatever, mm. you know, but it actually was a crime, like uh, not a crime, but like an actual, like realistic. Cause, cause, yeah, cause yeah. Wolf Creek, Creek is like, yeah, a, yeah, yeah. But that's what made you want to lock your doors and yeah, have somebody come, right. come and help you. And that's about the supernatural, <clears throat> right? I'm like, Oh, that was scary, but I'm not going to go home and think that that's actually going to happen. But when mm-hmm. it's Wolf Creek and it's real life and it's just some sort of serial killer, it, yeah, it's terrifying. Yeah, and that's when I started writing crime because I realized uh-huh. that is actually that's yeah. what's scary. Horror yeah. is, yeah, horror is horror, but it doesn't. It doesn't. But they cross over, edge. right? Do you reckon they cross over? Like crime is such a long sort of spectrum of of what fits into crime. I think so. I think that's why um, you know. So I write crime obviously i think of it as dark crime but in a way i think of it as horror yeah yeah. you know but still like realistic horror you know stuff that can actually happen because you know coming back to this whole pain tourist angle um of people who who watch things things about real people that's what horror is you know and for the character in this book who's saying look i I lost my wife she was murdered and, and and it makes this point. It's like, do you know how many podcasts have been made about my wife being murdered? You know, um, that's what horror is. 
uh, losing somebody under those circumstances yeah. or, yeah. you know, having it all taken away from you. Or having someone eat pizza on your bed and you come out of your shower and you're like, who are they? That's horror. Yeah. Yeah. And that's actually. That I, I shower I... with a baseball bat now after that scene. Okay. Let's. Okay. <laughs> Again, I'll add that allergic to wine. See, I was with baseball bat, but um, but that was that was the shift I made. Like when I was reading, you know that um, the show on Netflix, Mindhunter. Mm. Yeah, I watched well, that. that. Yeah, yeah, that books, right? And I'm mm-hmm. sure we probably covered this last time, but um, but it was those books that I read at the end of the '90s, early 2000s that made me go, "You got to stop writing, trying to write horror and write crime because that is horror." in a way. So I still yeah. see that kind of crime as, as horror. Yeah, so do I. And I think maybe mm. that's when you do sort of enjoy horror, I don't know why we enjoy scaring ourselves, but we do, I think that is really evident in your writing because I think when you look at crime writers who like horror or have lent into horror a bit, I think it changes your writing even if you don't mean it to. Well, I also try to um, make people empathise in a way like you uh, – I remember when uh, I had this book a couple of years ago um, called Trust No One, which now that I've had a drink, I can say I never liked the title of it, but it wasn't my choice. Um, but um, it's about this crime writer who has Alzheimer's and he starts to kind of mix up, yep. um, you, you know, his what he's written with, with real life, um, et cetera. And, oh, my God, I had a total point to that story. <laughs> and it's just... I hear that's what happens when you turn 48. Is that what it was? Mm, what were we talking yeah. about? What were we, so what you, was that? You'll what get was back the... to it. We're talking about horror. Yeah, yeah. Leaning into yeah. writing. Think about it. You oh, might... okay. Oh, I got it. I got yeah. it. Mm, I got it. Cool. And, You're um, welcome. <laughs> and when I, when, I, when I sent it to my, uh, to, to my agents at the time and they, they read it and they were like, it's too dark because I had gone to the effort to sort of capture – what it would be like to have Alzheimer's or, or have somebody or deal with somebody with Alzheimer's. And I've done it in, in such a real way that they'd gone, it's just too grim. Like people mm-hmm. are going to come out of this book and just and feel so horribly depressed about what they actually read that I had to lighten it. Like, you you know, so here's what it is really like. Well, you can't say that because readers are going to be turned off by that. So you, mm-hmm. you can only go so far down that down that mm, path that's interesting what would mm. you have called it had you had a choice well i did uh, well that was a problem I, I learned back then it's a mistake to submit a novel if without a title once uh-huh. you go i haven't got a name for it yet then it it's it's yeah then it's gone it's gone from you and um good and tip. Like, hot tip yeah yeah and i was like uh you do realize there's like a hundred books with this name well, our marketing department like it. So, if you've um, learnt so one thing from this episode, I mean, we've gone on a lot of tangents, Paul. Mm-hmm. Always, yeah, don't walk in, don't walk in front of my friend's car. Don't walk in front of, don't jump out of an ambulance. Yeah, yeah. Chew um, slowly. Yes, yes. Always, always chew with a partner. <laughs> always chew with a partner. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if he'd been there with somebody else, you would have been fine, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, don't don't submit a book without a um, without a name because once it's once it's up for grabs, mm, then it it will be up to, to you. That's right because after at that point I did I don't remember what they were but I, I think every every suggestion I was offering would just keep getting shot down uh-huh. you know they and decided then it decided already. Uh, yeah, even even not that they didn't quite have it, but when they came up with it, 
Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I, you know, I'm not really a fan of that title. And they're like, well, but we are. So, um, <laughs> and, and that was it. So I have not made that mistake again. Okay. Interesting. If you're the mm. same publisher, you haven't had the same publisher from the first book to now. Oh, that was for, for that, or this was a, a US conversation. Mm-hmm. And, and by that point, yes, they were all with the same. Um, mm-hmm. So that was book nine, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so that hadn't been an issue. And, um, and, and then after that, I just started um, naming them first. Mm, interesting. Mm. Mm. Just let you finish that giant bucket. How are you feeling? Yeah, I feel pretty good. How are you feeling? <laughs> Well, I've already eaten my Milo chocolate bar, so I'm pretty sad. Uh, so you're pretty, yeah, it's always, it's loss. I'll tell you mm. what, if it comes back, it was it's always lost. yours. Yeah, it is loss. Yeah. Um, what's next? What are you writing now? Can you tell me or do you have to keep that a secret? Um, <clears throat> well, I haven't, well, I had this, this thing happen where um, at a book signed up for a TV show. Mm-hmm. and um, Saw that. Amazing. What happened? <clears throat> what happened is I worked on that. So mm-hmm. I was one of the well, am is was. Um, When's that happening? Coming? When can I watch it? Basically, is what I'm asking. Uh, so it's it gets it goes into it's in pre-production at the moment, and uh, I'm going there <clears throat> uh, to check out the sets on uh, in a couple of days, Thursday. Fancy. So yeah, they've built like the police department. They've built like the main characters' apartment and stuff like that. Um, but day one of the actual shoot is um, is next month. So cool. um, and, and I, I so I don't know the release date. I think it's probably going to be by the end of next year that that people will be able to see it. And this is the cleaner that we we're talking yes. about before. I'm so excited! I'm so excited. Yeah, it's it's film. Cool you're gonna because... have a film launch. What do you call them? Film. What I've forgotten uh, what you call film launches. Uh, film date. But, what do you call um, them? What's uh, wrong with pre- me? Premiere. Premiere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that could be it. Um, Did your lights just all go out? Uh, my, uh, my, um, my, um, You've been talking no, to me for no, too long. No, no, yeah, That might be a stroke. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I don't, I, probably not. I don't know. Um, but anyway. Oh, my God. That's so exciting. Is it a series or is it a movie? It's a series. Okay. So, um, so there are three of us who have written it and – so that really has uh, – so they got the green light back in May. Yeah. And, it's fast. Um, Do you reckon that's fast? Green light May, pre-production now, filming soon? Um, no, I think, that, I, think, I think that's probably probably okay. fine, I'm, I'm guessing. And where might uh, I stream this from? I'm not sure. I'm sure okay. I can send you a copy somehow. Um, yeah, yeah, On, that's, that I wouldn't, stuff's I wouldn't all, like an illegal copy, Paul. I just want to watch it. It wouldn't be. It legally wouldn't be, like yeah. everybody else. You can just come to the house with your um, – <laughs> Cat uh, Milo bars, and we can watch it. Binge, um, you can binge it. Yeah, yeah. So it's um, so no, because I'm one of the scriptwriters. I've been working on on those. Um, How does that compare writing novel to script? Like, is it? A it's big really difference? interesting. It's it's there's a big there is a big difference, and um, what's interesting is that when you go back to writing um, novels you kind of carry that scriptness huh. with you. Okay. And like you might have noticed like the pain tourist has some like like a lot of really short chapters. Hmm. Uh, which I didn't realise that until I actually got a physical book and you could open oh, it. That's and, and and you can see like I knew there's like hundred and fifty chapters. Most hmm. of my book my books have I don't know, like eighty or ninety or whatever. 
But here you can pretty much go to anywhere in the in the book and open it, and you'll see a chapter will be starting on the left hand page and ending on the on the right hand page with a new one starting. Wow! And I, and I think that came from um, because this book was still not quite finished when I was when I started working on the on the uh-huh. scripts. And it's an it went influenced through, it, it, you reckon? Yeah, it totally does because huh. you start to. Because scripts, you you kind of like getting in and out of scenes quite quickly, and mm. you're always trying to keep keep the tension there. And um, no, it did. And even so, I actually am writing a, a new book at the moment, and I can feel that um, script writing knowledge that I learned has uh, has come over into the, mm. into Do you the it's, book room. Um, impacting the pace, definitely. That's yeah. what it is. So you you're eager to. It's easier to cut more stuff now. Okay. Like, you know, you have, like, a nice description and you'll go, eh, it doesn't really need it, you know, mm. whereas a year ago I would have gone, oh, that's pretty cool. It's, that's nice to set that up. Um, so it could be a bit of an issue because you, you, I think you do end up cutting things that maybe mm-hmm. maybe you should hang on to. Because, How funny yeah. that one experience has just completely changed your writing process. It's funny. Yeah, yeah, it, re- it, really, it really has. Um because you know you don't have to a script. You're not saying this is what something looks like because it's you, yeah, you don't have you to. See it, you know, that's right. um, and in the book, it's like I don't really have time for that now. I just want to get to the action. The action. And that's yeah. That's why the pain tour is kind of interesting. It ticks along, and that's from hmm. script writing. Did you have yeah. any say in the casting of this series? No, okay. no. But it has been completely cast, and. Um, because that would be amazing, right, to see the characters that you probably had in your head and then to see them. And I'm not going to ask you if, if you're happy because you can't say that. It's it's the opposite of amazing, actually, because when they started floating names oh, out. Oh, wow. Um, so, put it, so I had this funny thing happen, like, um, well, it's not that really funny, but 10 years ago or whatever, when the books started becoming audio books mm. and, uh, and they started giving me the um, – the samples of people who were going to read them. And I, it was like, uh, I didn't like them mostly because they were Americans trying to put on a New Zealand accent that made them sound Australian. So it was, <laughs> it would be like at one point in, in the book, someone's, someone's reading a book called a Christmas murder. And it, and, and it sounds like he was reading a Christmas murder, <laughs> Christmas. Cause you know how we, how, how we all sound like we were born on a farm here. You know? oh, I, I didn't notice that when you're speaking to me, Paul. All our vowels sound like use, and um, and in the end, they just I was like, just get a British guy to read it because no one wants to listen to a New Zealand accent for a start. So let's not get a New Zealand to read it. Just get a British person just reading in his own normal accent, and that's what we did. So genius. anyway, the reason I, it's actually the reason, genius. Thank you, thank you, thank you very much. And anyway, the reason I um, say that is that when we started talking about names as who could play certain things. And then I started to like, none of them, none of them are, are Joe, mm. you, you know, Joe mm. is, yeah, okay. you know, I don't know who Joe is. And I, yeah. in the end, one of them said to me, one of the writers said, it doesn't matter who we choose. It's never going to be who you think it should be, yeah. even though there's no one that I think it should be. Yeah. And so they said, so having said that, you know, being involved in the casting process is probably, not that helpful to you and like you're right i don't want to be you know because i said here's here's who here's who we've got for such and such and i was like oh and they're like yeah we can see that that's you know you're never going to be happy so um but in saying that i am happy because i have seen some of the casting videos um recently and um and seeing 
these folks actually like act out dialogue. Mm. Uh, you, you, there'll be like a dialogue exchange, but they'll be acting, and then someone off camera is going, you know, saying the next line, and the person responds to it. It was like, fuck, this is really cool. Actually, yeah, seeing awesome. these people, um, you know, act these scenes out of the dialogue that mm. some of that dialogue I'd written twenty years ago, some I'd written a month ago ago when we were doing yeah. the scripts, and just like. You know, That's and cool. you go out to you go to the production offices here, and it's like there are so many people working on this thing, and it's like they're all here, like all these people are mm. working on this show because of a book you wrote when you were, you know, <laughs> when it's like nineteen or something. Yeah. What about the collaboration yeah. part? Because writing a novel is pretty, you know, isolating. It's just you it's, and your book. What about three writers? How's that gone for you? It's been really good, actually, because the other two writers are very experienced writers and have created and written for a lot of New Zealand TV okay. uh, and Australian TV as well. So you just got to, like, follow their lead. Yeah. But basically what happens is you end up – you have these long Zoom days of, like, five or six hours a day on Zoom, which is a long time um, yeah. when, you're, when you're actually, like, trying to concentrate so solidly and you storyline it. So this was okay. a, a, a brand new thing for me. And it's like, okay, here's what episode one's going to be. Here's what episode two is going to be, episode three. And you kind of have like half a page of what mm-hmm. each episode's going to be. And then let's go through it again. And let's go through it again and again okay. and again. And then by the time you get through to the end, okay, here's episode one. It's now an eight-page document. Scene one, this is what happens. Scene two, this is a, And it's all kind of okay. um, you know, lined out. So you're coming up with all the ideas together and – how it can work, and then you'll go off and you write your own, your own um, scripts, mm. and then you, and then we give them to each other, and we go, well, what about this and this and this, and then it goes to other people, and they're like, well, what about this, and you know, so it's not just collaborative with the two other writers. Then you've got to take on board feedback from producers and distributors and other people and along the chain, and so it's always, it's always an evolving. Uh, process. Well, I cannot wait for this. I'm going to binge it in one night. I'm just going to sit down at six o'clock at night. I'm just going to watch it right through. Yeah, well, I'm excited about it actually. Mm. Um, yeah, it's just it's crazy. Like it's really because cool. this is something that we um, put into motion. I think in 2016. Okay. You know, that's what that's what that world is like. The mm. world of TV and but it's so much better now. Like you know how they used to? Well, they still do. I guess they they adapt books into movies, and you got this book, and then they put it into two or three hours, and you're like, eh, okay. Mm-hmm. But now being able to do that in I don't know eight, ten hours over a series, I reckon it. I enjoy book adaptions much more when they're into series, I think, because you get that eight or nine or ten hours or however yeah, you've got yeah. compared to the two. I, I completely agree. And if you'd said to me five years ago or three years ago, you know, what would you rather have, a, a, a TV or a film adaptation? Mm. I don't know, a film. Everyone loves the idea of a film. Yeah. But Not now, now a series, TV yeah. is so good yeah. and so many film actors yeah. are in TV and yeah. it's like this is just and it's, it's funny phenomenal. if someone said to you do you want to watch an eight-hour movie you'd be like you're insane but now yeah. you sit and you binge endless Netflix yeah, yeah. series and that's so true four isn't or it? five in a night and you're like whoa <laughs> yeah that was no that's that's a very good point um <clears throat> do you want to watch an eight-hour movie no no I don't <laughs> yeah is it Lord of the Rings turns out um, we do want to watch it <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, that's 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 so true. But it's just 
you're right because you can tell so much more story mm. you know because so many movie adaptations it's like well we've got to get rid of this and yeah. this and and you know you just you certainly face a lot of that with the tv yeah. show as well but yeah. but also um you're adding stuff you know because yeah. you can't just take the book and go let's cut this into six parts and yeah. uh and make it into a series yeah not a yeah, yeah yeah so we it's like well you've got these other characters that are in the book let's give them families let's get them mm. lives let's do this and this and so you're expanding it so the the book is all kind of kind of in there but with other other stuff to kind of you know you got to go uh the book he kind of figures out you, you you have your character who kind of figures things out but in the tv show it's like you don't want them to figure it out quickly it's you want the viewer to go or oh, maybe it could be that person or this person or that person you know you, you've got to keep a mystery there for them rather than just telling a story mm, no, well, i am very much looking forward to that paul yeah yeah same hmm. um i asked you this question last time because i always ask it but sometimes it changes so mm-hmm. hmm, why do you write <sighs> Why do I write? Mm. Um, because nobody would pay me to do anything else. Oh, they might pay to build cabinets. Uh, yeah. Tell, you could be a stand-up comedian. Well, I used to I used to renovate houses. I used mm. to love doing that, actually. And mm. actually, I've been doing that. These last few months have been insanely busy because I, um, I've been, like, working on the book, working on the TV show, but I also chose this time to renovate two bathrooms in the house. Interesting. And it's just been soul destroying. And I ripped <laughs> up my backyard because I got a, I got a landscape, re-landscape and everything. So it's been, uh, I've never been as busy in my life as, as I am now, but, um, and yet here we are in our second hour, just chatting on a podcast. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, what's really funny is that, um, cause when I came out of the script, you know, and I was like, Oh, that's a, I might, um, I might retire from from writing books. <laughs> that was part of my thought process. No, no, don't worry. It's a, this is my it shocked just, face for listeners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Horror. No, no, no. It, face it was, of it horror. That. It was it was just that wow, the script writing because it was so much fun being yeah, collaborative, yeah. and I'd learned so much more, and I really loved the process. And I've always I've always wanted to write for TV or mm. or film, and I finally got that chance, and I'd like to pursue that. And I was like, well, at the very least, let's take a break. And then, like a week later, I'm like, no, 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 I gotta, you know, and you're back to it. And I remember someone said to me many, many years ago, they, when I was like, before I was published, and I was like, oh, I wanna, I've had enough. I can't get, uh, it's just rejection after rejection. I can't get a publisher. And he was, and I was like, oh, I'm, I'm done. And he said to me, um, true writers can't quit. Mm. Like, you know, you yeah. always come back to, it. I guess, like smoking. I don't know, but, um, and, um, a slightly unhealthier habit, but yeah. I've never I've never smoked except for um, marijuana when I was in Canada. I was in Canada the day it was legalized, and I was like, "Why not?" And um, <laughs> Did you fall asleep straight away because I hear that happens when you're 48. No, I almost well, I wasn't 48 at the time. I think I was 44. <laughs> and uh, but what happened is that there was this there was these events. It was, it was a writers' festival, and uh, there was an event, and it was um, you got to tell like stories about being stoned. I'd go up on stage, and they asked me if I wanted to, to go up, and embarrassingly, I had never done it. <laughs> and um, and uh, <laughs> are you laughing because that is embarrassing, or are you laughing? No, not no, I'm just laughing me? at you. Yeah, <laughs> um, but I had this. There was this, actually there was this very funny thing that happened at this um, at this festival because I was there with. Um, <laughs> With uh, with Michael Robotham and we were being um, we had a week together. We we're in Vancouver, and he's like such a nice guy. And um, don't tell him I said that, but he is one of the nicest Never. people in, in, in the world. And we were um, 
doing these interviews separately, you know, and um, and he has this great story. I've heard him tell on stage a few times about um, Ray Bradbury. And how he kind of like, you know, um, corresponded with him when he was a kid. When Michael was a kid, not when Ray Bradbury was a kid. It would be a bit weird. But anyway, um, yeah. And we, we and so he did his interview and then I was doing my interview and stuff like that. And then and Michael had to, he had to leave like a day before I did. And on the final night there, I was there and this, um, this woman came up to me. She was really nice and, I, and we were chatting away. And I thought, oh, this is kind of cool. And uh, <laughs> she goes... She goes, oh, my friend interviewed you yesterday morning. She said you were just so lovely. You, know, you can probably, you, I'm sure you know where this is going and you're right. You know, she goes, you're so lovely and so gracious. And she just thought you were really, really cool and really liked you. I'm like, oh, that's really cool. She goes, and your story about Ray Bradbury was so great. <laughs> and then I just, went, I just went, that wasn't me. She goes, what? No, no, that was, that was Michael. Oh, and she was one of the organizers. And she actually emailed me the next day and said, I'm so sorry, but you handled it really, really well. And you were like, no one, that yeah. makes so much sense because no one's called me lovely before. Yeah, <laughs> I, sort of, I sort of known immediately there was, a, there was a, an error here. Uh, error, error. Yeah. Yeah. God, it was so, it was so embarrassing. Um, <laughs> it's a great story. And I'm so glad you've told it on the podcast. Oh, God. I'll tell you what. Tell it's what. fantastic. I, I, I saw this thing trending on Twitter before about this, um, this author who had had a, uh, a book signing that had gone really badly because no one had shown up. And, and, uh, and so the, everybody that you know started responding to it going, Oh, well, this has happened to me and me and me. My worst one was I had this, um, book signing in Istanbul where, um, it was such a short queue of people. There were like 10 people there. And I thought, well, at least it's better than none. And uh, I was there for like half an hour. And it was just, it was just really, really awkward. And then um, it wrapped up and I had to go out the back to get my jacket where I left it. And all those 10 people were out the back, all staff. Oh! And, they had, <laughs> and they, had, they had been changing out of their, um, out of their, you know, bookshop uniforms into street clothes. <laughs> That is, you are the best storyteller of real life uh, stories. I, I, uh, I, 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 actually, I actually felt like I should, I should add that one to the, uh, the best stories, but it was, <laughs> that was great. Oh, God. It's actually it was, my favorite tonight, to be honest. Yeah. Because, oh, it was, <laughs> although mortifying for you, how nice are those people? Nice well, the worst thing was the eye contact because they realized <laughs> that I realized, but because they were Turkish, they, they didn't, um, you know, it was just, we didn't talk about it. I just like, looked, they, I know all your names because I signed all your books. Yeah. Yeah. But it was just like that kind of acknowledgement of like, oh, okay. Thanks guys. Grab my jacket. And I just, just left. <laughs> this was, this was like, <laughs> And look at you yeah. now, Paul. Look at you now. I know. I know. Oh, God. It was. I'd actually I'd completely forgotten about that until today. Well, I'm so glad like, that I could dredge up these um, horrible memories for you. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? The funny thing You're is welcome. that all came from, a, from from something you asked. And I don't even know what it was mm, now. You're like, welcome. We got, we got any, sidetracked. Anytime. Yeah. Anytime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anytime you yeah, want to dredge up some horrible childhood memories, just call me and we'll talk it through. And then you can leave. Yeah, or at least. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like to make some up. 
<laughs> I don't think you need to make any up with your stories. Well, the funny thing, the God. funny thing is, is like, um, I remember when I first started going to um, to France for um, for the books, and um, and I got warned that journalists there were asked quite um, different questions because you know here or with you, whatever. It's kind of like oh, um, boring. Hey, you what's, say, what's what's you what's your say boring? Oh my God. Well, yeah, you're. I mean, wow. that's probably the, the nicer way to put it. Wow. And, um, that's the worst thing always... anyone's ever said to me. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, here's their here's their questions. No, I mean, no. Here you're used to being like, um, you know, what's your favorite chocolate bar? But it's more interesting. It's more kind of like, oh, so the idea for the book came from this. Or what are their questions? It. Tell me. Their questions are in your book. We see that your um your uh. Your, your, your main character was abused as a child. Is that because you you have that same sort of dark history with your abuse as a, as a child as well with your upbringing? And you're kind of like, yeah, <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. I just um, wanted to talk about Milo bars. <laughs> yeah, or then, you know, a guy in the audience gets up and he says, uh, you know, with the way that um, – you know how how dark society is at the moment, and the way things are going wrong, and all the you know horrible things that are out there. Don't you think you're contributing to the downfall of society oh, by wow. writing the kind of dark stories that you write? Oh, wow. And um, yeah, those kind of questions that you don't mm. get anywhere else. So, it's, so Paul, do you think mm-hmm. you're contributing to the darker side of humanity? What I would say is, um, is are you responsible for the degradation of society, Paul? Well, what I will say is what my character in um, – because I've written a couple of books with crime writers who get asked that same question now, and they say they just reflect society. And if they um, – you know, you don't blame the storytellers for those sort of things. Oh, you blame nice, – Nice deflection, really. Thank you. You blame all the other reasons. You know, you have crime for a reason. This person's stealing something for, as well because they don't have – that you know, it's like you fix the kind of problems in society and take those, you can solve those things, and people don't have to resort to crime, for example. Like you give people like a decent living wage, and people have to go, Well, I'm not going to steal that person's TV, for mm. example. You know, when you t- as you take more and more things away from people and they become more and more desperate and they commit these kind of acts, you know, um, that's where you can kind of go, That's where the issues are, not with. Oh, that guy wrote a crime novel where someone was murdered. <laughs> you know, so that's um, that's my my go to answer mm. for that. Passing um, the buck again, really. Whereas in France, I just went, I don't speak English, and I didn't have to <laughs> <laughs> speak no English, and that was it. Yeah. Great, I love it. Well, look, nearly two hours in, Paul. Um, really enjoyed talking to you as always. Yeah, yeah, Talked but this will be this will, this will be edited. It is down to well, about 14 minutes. Two minutes, I, I think, is <laughs> the stuff that I can put in that's legal and appropriate and mm. doesn't talk about, you know, your addictions and how you're completely responsible for society's downfall, all that stuff. So we'll see what I can get out of the two hours, hopefully <sighs> 15, 16 minutes. Yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ripped some of the stuff out from before the interview started. That's where that. <laughs> That's where the gold yes, is. That's where the gold was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But thank you, as always. Love reading your books, and it's always um, so enlightening to speak to you, Paul. Yeah, yeah. Did we actually? Did, what did we cover? Did we cover anything? That, did we uh, even talk about your book? I'm not so sure. A little mm. bit. I gave an element, an element of uh, pitch for it, but that was and then I that think was you like forgot. 
That was three quarters of my gin and tonic ago. <laughs> it's a great book, though. You should definitely read it. I've read it. You know, I'll tell you what. My, so my, my dad, who um, over the years um, would always, like, spoil things for me a little bit. He'd oh, be cool. in, in the sense of um, – <laughs> <laughs> not like <laughs> like spoiler alert sort of sort of things um like like he'd read the tv guide and he'd be like oh you watch csi don't you and i'd be like yeah i do and he'd go oh one of the see one of the characters gets killed next week <laughs> stuff, stuff like that thanks dad yeah, yeah exactly or it'd be like um, oh, did you watch the rugby last night and i'd be like oh no no but i've, I've taped it oh make sure you watch it right to the end <laughs> it's like you know, so anyway, like, um, and, and, and because we've sort of argued about it, um, before said, dad, you, you cannot do this to me. So I think it was with, um, it was with whatever it takes a couple of books ago. And I, uh, gave him a copy to read. Um, I, you know, what if I get, I, I give it to him for a discount, 10% off. <laughs> yeah, good, and, uh, <laughs> yeah. And, um, uh, and he rang me and he's, and, uh, we're chatting about something else. I can't remember what, but, um, and he is, I was like, um, oh, have you, have you read the book? And he goes, oh, I have. Oh, I really, really love the end. Especially, oh, wait, hang on. Have you read it? And I'm like, yeah, dad, I wrote it. Oh, of course. <laughs> Tell me what he, what he liked about it. <laughs> I love yeah, it. it was, yeah, yeah. Well, he's like, he's mid eighties now. So those kind of things are, 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 you know, are kind of more, more often. But, um, yeah, it was very sweet. Uh, he's, it's always good. Dale, did you like the new book? Oh, yeah, it was good. Thanks, Dad. Can you write a blurb for the back cover? <laughs> That's what I said. So yeah, yeah. I liked it. <laughs> you yeah. should definitely put that in your next book. I liked it. Paul's dad. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's hard to get much more out of him. It's, he wouldn't know what else to say, I guess. But, um, <laughs> I love yeah, it. He's, he's very sweet. <laughs> well, as always, Paul, uh, chocolate bars in the mail, and uh, we'll do this again. I'm sure I'm really looking forward to um, definitely yeah. the series coming out yeah, and yeah, uh, the secret secret book that you're writing. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to that. So, thanks for Great. the chat. Great. No, thank you. It's <laughs> always, always. I liked it. <laughs> yeah, I had a good time. I liked it. Good night. <laughs> I liked it a lot. <laughs>